The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Well, my friends, it is a new month, new beginning. And, yeah, the stress level tends to go up right about now. Market included, uh, September tends to be a tough month, but, you know, that's what they said about August, and it began weak and strengthened on the back end. So uh, I'm going to say it, my good friends, hasn't, haven't said it in a while. It is a bull market, um, and apparently there's a lot of cash on the sidelines, some $6 trillion. I don't count the cash. I see various charts about all the cash on the sidelines. And, well, it's at least making some money today, much better than it could have earned, say, 10 years ago. Uh, So some dry powder every now and then, not a bad move. But it is a bull market, and this market, you just, it just, I I feel it. It wants to work its way higher. Uh, So we'll see, of course, what the month of September brings. My sense is weakness will be purchased, uh, whatever weakness we get. And, uh, well, for those who have a lot of cash, hope for a lot of weakness for the month of September. Uh, October tends to turn, uh, followed by November being, I think, about one of the strongest probable months of the year. And December, of course, uh, sets the stage perhaps for a late-month Santa Claus rally. But who needs to think so far into the future? Well, you do, if, I guess, if you're in the world of technology. Uh, Rob Young, one of our analysts, uh, MBA, uh, superstar, uh, dear friend of mine, uh, gracious to spend some time with us this Saturday night. Rob, big round of applause for you, my friend. Welcome back thank to you, Hi-Fi Radio. You. You're welcome. Uh, I just came back from a fabulous two-week trip in Europe, and I'm going to keep speaking about this trip probably for about a month because it was just so amazing. And uh, I'll tell you what caught my attention as uh, the plane was landing in uh, is in, in Frankfurt, and also when I got into even Dublin, uh, I saw a Microsoft, I saw a Google, I saw a Cisco Systems, uh, and of course a few McDonald's and KFCs along the way. But uh, to see uh, you know these satellite offices or, or real offices uh, of these multinational tech companies uh, was 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 pleasant. I I, uh, I have to admit, absolutely. All yeah. the HSBC ones are gone too. Well, sorry, HSBC, uh, they're gone. They used to be in the uh, the causeway onto the airplane. They all seem to have disappeared. Maybe that's uh, part of why they just sold their asset here in Canada to RBC, I believe. You know, I'll tell you, when I came out of London in May, uh, walking through the tunnel, I think I I still saw HSBC advertising. uh, But I also say, this is just after the um, um, coronation uh, of the king, uh, was a huge picture of, uh, at the time, Prince Charles kissing Diana. Just as the king is being coronated, I said, "This is." And of course, uh, I don't know if it was brought to you by HSBC, but uh, it was uh, just a segue into the HSBC tunnel. So I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah, they certainly did a lot of money uh, on advertising uh, that way. A little previous known as transit advertising. It's now called airport advertising. And, uh, you know, so it's amazing how many uh, uh, tech companies built their business model on the advertising revenue generating um, model. And I always said to myself, gee, was, you know, I used to be in the world of advertising, selling it. And I said, you know, there's only so many uh, ad dollars to go around. It's remarkable, uh, you know, uh, traditional media continues to uh, generate as much successful revenue, you know, this, this company included. Uh, it c- continues to have legs. Uh, but uh, tech cannot survive on ad dollars alone 
Why don't you speak to speak to that, uh, if you may, Rob? Just, just you know, coming out of the most recent uh, Google conference, uh, they speak about a and again, Google was very much an ad-driven model, a free search, and you had to pay for uh, some ads along the way, and of course, then they got paid the clicks and the likes. But let's talk about their business model, uh, where where it began, where it's going. Sure. Well, I mean, Google. I mean, the core there is search search advertising, right? And there was some worry at the very beginning when uh, OpenAI came out with ChatGPT that that business model was, uh, you know, under pressure. And so I think, you know, at the beginning of this sort of big big tech rally, um, Google was a bit of a laggard, but it feels as though some of that is sort of, it's caught up a little bit. It's been up for the last, it's up year to date. But uh, I think at the beginning, people are quite worried around, you know, what you know, the impact would be on that search business because it's such a dominant piece of the Google business model. Yeah, but they, well, they obviously have their tentacles in AI as well, uh, successfully so. So uh, I'm not going to count them out. Uh, Apple was looking, we can, again, I know you don't cover uh, Google nor Apple, Rob, but you, you're, you're, you're gracious enough with your brain and the confidence in, in technology to be able to certainly speak about the companies. You're obviously not making stock recommendations on these names that, that we're going to chat about. But, uh, you know, when you speak tech, you got to speak America. You just have to. Very, very few uh, tech names uh, here in Canada. In fact, you know, Rob, the sad thing is I think the Canadian stock market is very weak. We don't offer a lot to investors. When you really drill down into in the world of investing, you have to own American businesses. And again, I didn't see a whole lot of Canadian business on a multinational basis. You know, which one company I saw multinational was Circle K, owned by retail Canadian darling uh, Kush Tard. Uh, Circle K all over Ireland. They love their KFC there too, apparently. And it actually tastes a little better, I must say, their, their nuggets. But uh, in terms of tech, it's just interesting to see these big tech companies have big platform offices uh, in uh, throughout Europe. Um, and again, that's, you know, the, the world is flat. And I think part of that flatness, uh, correct me if I'm right or wrong on this, Rob, it has to do with technology and, and, and what it allows us to do today. For sure. Absolutely. Technology you know, is the best uh, hedge on inflation because it improves productivity, right? But now, so let's, let's now talk about timelines and technology. Uh, you once put it best on this show. Uh, and again, I want you to, I'm going to paraphrase it for you, but you can maybe drill into it as to why. But we always underestimate, tech analysts always underestimate how big the market can be. Mm-hmm. And and they uh, overestimate how long it's going to take. In other words, it takes longer than expected. But the market is also a lot bigger than expected. Um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, why that's why a, is that, Rob? That's a familiar uh, error we make over and over again. No, we just always uh, assume that things are going to happen a lot faster. Maybe e-commerce is a great example, right? Like e-commerce has been growing for years and years and years and years. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought it would be much faster. Um, I don't think anybody would disagree that um, e-commerce has a lot of growth ahead of it. Uh, you know, what, but, what percent of retail is now e-commerce, Rob? Oh, gosh. I mean, don't know what it would be in Canada, but it's probably somewhere around 20%, 25% in the U.S. I don't know the number, but it's there's still a long way to grow. I mean, mm-hmm. we still buy most of our groceries. We still buy a lot of those you know, hard goods. There's some things that people still don't buy a lot of online, but things like you know, clothing, uh, shoes, things that people would have, never would have thought would be bought online are now you know, very, very large categories. So just it's slowly eating into every part of the um, you know uh, our budget. 
Oh, I remember, uh, again, uh, Rob, I'm going to take you back now to the late 90s, again, when I was in the ad business and dealing with retailers. And when the internet came to the forefront, they began seeing transactions uh, through the likes of Amazon on the internet and the price cutting. Uh, it, it really had them shaken in their boots. Uh, and, and they tried everything they could for at first to ignore it, to turn it off, to, to not admit it was there. But then they slowly learn to embrace it and adopt it and use it and benefit from it. And so, yeah, they still have bricks and mortar, but they uh, they certainly learned to adopt and use the clicks as well. Uh, and I think that's uh, very fascinating to see. The, what they feared never came uh, perhaps to fruition. Um, but I will say again, when I was in Ireland, what, I, I took a great photograph uh, from my hotel uh, shooting down the street uh, of a UPS truck. But it, 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 it it was the cutest little thing. Uh, again, UPS delivering all those packages to us, right? UPS uh, working for, working for the likes of Amazon, uh, them, them and FedEx, they deliver it to the world. Uh, but this little UPX truck uh, cruising around uh, Dublin, uh, it, it almost had three wheels on it. It was so narrow. Uh, but of course, you know, the same colors and, that, uh, and, and the gold letters. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just interesting, again, to see how we use technology. Uh, and I will say as well, uh, people in Europe, uh, certainly in Germany, are not as glued to their smartphones as we are here in North America. When you go for dinner in Germany, and if you're using your smartphone, which I did, and which my kids did, you're frowned upon. Um, you're there to have a conversation eye to eye. Uh, so I was certainly guilty of uh, of that uh, cultural faux pas. And I think it's actually a good uh, cultural faux pas. And again, the world here in North America operates on a 24-7 clock. Right. In Europe, it doesn't. In Europe, certainly in, in, in the Christian countries, it, they, they take Sunday off. In Germany, Sunday is a day of rest. Um, again, not a bad concept. Uh, you know, but technology, we just, we're always turned on. It's just uh, unbelievable. You know something else, Rob, I'll tell you. And this is an interesting uh, stock market factoid, not taking place as much this year. Uh, but the stock market is open about eight hours out of 24 a day. Uh, yet the bulk of the market activity that pushes stocks up and down is driven by activity that occurs after market hours. Uh, so for the most part, if you want to make money in the market, you have to actually hold overnight. And back in 98, 99, uh, when uh, e-commerce was just beginning, uh, and I, I'm just fascinated that it took 23 years to get about a 25% market share. Because uh, I remember when it was trying to get through 5%, then 10% of retail activity. So Rob now thinks it's roughly 20, 25%. That's interesting. And uh, you got to see it getting at some point probably to 50%. Uh, and, uh, I think that's very doable. Don't you, Rob? Well, maybe a hundred percent. Maybe we'll all be buying. No, 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 won't happen. There's no ways. No ways going hundred um, percent. What, what about uh, Chat GPT in in in, the, in uh, various industries? Who do you think is most vulnerable uh, to being, um, you know, right sized or downsized due to Chat? Well, I mean, uh, call centers obviously. Um, huh. any, uh, one area is, uh, that seems to be. Um, Highlighted now is like the, the low end of uh, coding because uh, AI uh, and ChatGPT and others, they can do a lot of the, um, the lower end of the coding spectrum. Um, that's uh, legal work. Um, there's a lot of, you know, legal work that uh, could probably be summarized uh, or um, uh, created by generative AI tools. Um, the finance industry, which we're both in, uh, one area where... Um, been highlighted. I mean, it's 
it's going to hit everybody to a certain extent. But then I think the the focus is on what's going to disrupt. But anytime any of these technology tools become available to us, they create opportunity for more productivity. Without so, question. There is always opportunity. Um, you just gotta, we just got to learn to use it and adapt. Um, and, and again, uh, it's all about the good and the proper outcome. Right. Rob Young, uh, one of our analysts, the tech analyst, uh, Bay Street, partner at Canaccord, gracious enough to spend some time uh, with us. Uh, massive brain. We're just going to dance around the world of technology because uh, he certainly can uh, aid us in our better understanding of a very complex subject matter. Rob Young, joining us. Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Continue to well uh, reap dividends from their artistic genius, shall I say? Uh, haven't seen the Floyd exhibit in Toronto. Uh, if anyone hasn't, have any opinion about it? Drop me a line, uh, WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Uh, I think some 250 million copies of that album uh, have been sold. Probably pushing toward 300 million. It's kind of neat when you Google. Uh, the success and the wealth of various artistic performers, uh, film, uh, music. Uh, I'm always curious how accurate uh, these estimates are. Uh, I share that with you because I had the privilege in Dublin of uh, hanging out with uh, Larry Mullen for about four and a half minutes. Uh, I pinned him in a little uh, (laughs) sandwich booth. It was actually a really fantastic uh, lobster house in uh, Hoth, Dublin. And uh, we were sitting out with my family, and all of a sudden, Larry came through with his wife. And my wife said, oh, my God, I think it's Larry Mullen. And uh, he said, there's no problem. I said, don't, 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 don't interrupt them. I said, Kathleen, please. And so I did approach him. He was very, very nice. I got into a booth right beside him. He really couldn't get out. And, uh, yeah, he let uh, me take a few shots of him. After my wife Googled what he was worth, and the answer is $350 million. $350 million bucks. Uh, for being an amazing drummer and an amazing band and doing that for about 40 uh, years. And uh, trust me, he started with nothing. Uh, but there's always hope. Uh, Rob Young, uh, analyst uh, with Canaccord, tech analyst, uh, keeping the beats, eh? 350 million bones. What do you think of that, pal? That's a good amount of money. Nice guy to boot. Uh, just just a humble, gracious man who had a very interesting view on the world. Uh, very, very smart and uh, you have to be smart uh, to succeed in uh, the world of entertainment. It's a tough, tough business. And uh, well, and once you, once you create a great product, uh, the question is uh, reaping dividends and having it work for you. And again, if you want to build wealth, my friends, you must go to work and you must put some money aside and you must 
invest it wisely. And that's what this show is all about. And, uh, well, I can't do it on my own. I have to rely on some smart people to help me formulate my decision-making process. Rob Young, uh, an analyst with Canaccord, is a great partner of ours. Uh, he understands technology really, really well, never shy to uh, delve into a new uh, area within the space uh help me purchase some date cart uh some cgi <clears throat> some constellation software name you don't cover but uh you know you fast tracked me nicely on those names i want to thank you for that rob i don't like the canadian stock market <clears throat> I, lo- I love the u.s stock market there's nothing we, we don't have a lot to offer in canada well the tech sector is smaller here in canada but there's definitely some good companies i wouldn't agree they're with small they're, they're tiny our good companies are banks and they're not working and then we got a few oh. oil stocks okay oh, they, they, they woke That's up but no I, I i'm just the, the more I, uh, maybe i'm getting older maybe i'm getting uh, tarnished or maybe i'm just getting wiser and a friend of mine said it to me two decades ago and look, i'm canadian i'm a proud canadian and i wish we had you know uh a better market. Uh, you want to make money, friends, long term. You got to own that, the, the U.S. stuff. And again, I go back to why. Well, you, you buy Microsoft, and all of a sudden, you got yourself a global company that, that has business coming in from every continent on this planet. You just fly around the world, and you'll see their offices. It gives me comfort uh, when I own a company like Microsoft. And you know, yeah. UPS, the delivery company, talk about their cute little vehicles. They adapted to the market. So, be it. Rob, when I was traveling, I got to uh, Nuremberg, and I went to McDonald in the train station. And I said, uh, Guten Tag, kann ich bitte ein quarter pounder mit cheese haben? Which is, I want to order a quarter pounder with cheese. And they say, we don't sell those. We don't sell quarter pounder with cheese. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. We sell Big Macs and we sell uh, Royale mit Case. Royale with cheese. Right. I died. I died. I died. I took a picture of my... Oh, my God. It was such a great, great moment. But there's a company with, what, some 35,000 franchises Look at the long-term chart on a company like McDonald's. And it's, it's, it's remarkable. But again, who would have thought that a company like McDonald's would adapt technology as well as they have? Sure. And you can buy a good company here in Canada, Canaxis. Um, it is a great company, yes. They work with a company called Javi. And Javi, one of their biggest customers is uh, McDonald's. And so, you know, Canaxis is supply chain software. and That's a good, I agree. That's one of your babies you cover. And it, the chart looks actually great. better. I agree with you wholeheartedly. We got one. Uh, we got a winner. Uh, so I can winner. tie that one to your McDonald's if you'd like. Um, and supply chain is pretty darn important to McDonald's, as you can imagine. Perishable stuff. Lots of stores making that work. And companies like Canaxis, you know, orchestrating all that with software. You know what they do in Europe? They use the old oil that we're not allowed to use anymore because it gives you a heart attack. So if you want to have a better French fries, go to Europe. Uh, old school. Uh, anyways, my, uh, you know you know me with food. But I'm going to go back to, the, again, uh, the world of tech um, and, and, and just the world of, 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 of finance and money. When you look at these American businesses, uh, Ingersoll Rand is a, is a compression company I just bought. Is it? Um, uh, again, when you travel the world, you see Ingersoll Rand equipment everywhere. Uh, they, are a, they have a global footprint. So when one economy is slower and the other economy is healthier, they get to uh, you know, uh, divert uh, and allocate resources accordingly. They're not stuck on single markets. Sure. It just helps spread around um, the risk. But uh, I think Canadian investors, uh, Rob, remain uh, underweight uh, America. I got, a, I, got a, I got an alarmist call the other day. Out of the blue, some random person called me up and said, uh, oh, Mr. Klein, it's you. And, uh, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, what is going to happen uh, to the markets when the U.S. dollar gets crushed? I said, ha. Huh? When the U.S. dollar gets crushed, it's got to be the bricks that are going to take over, right? I said, huh? 
No, no. And uh, the U.S. buck, first of all, uh, it remains supreme. Secondly, in any times of crises, the U.S. dollar acts as a fabulous hedge to foreign investors because the U.S. dollar is where money flows back to in times of crises, time and time again. And then but you just parlay the U.S. dollar into the U.S. economy and the U.S. business model. It just seems to work better. I don't like U.S. politics. I don't really like going to America. I love U.S. business, Rob. Uh, and again, you being a man of tech, uh, you know, you must be you know, excited and just your eyes wide open when you get out to these various conferences in America, notably in California and, uh, and the likes, just to, just to see sure. what they're talking about. Yes, and that's all about AI these days. AI is the, it used to be uh, metaverse, and now it's all about AI. There's always a trend. There, there's right. always, always a story. It's still, Robert, there's always a right story. Now it's, AI. it's AI. So what about NVIDIA uh, at these levels? Yeah. Uh, again, I know you don't cover the stock, Rob, but you're obviously paying attention to it. Um, sure. <laughs> what do I you mean, think? Is it a must-own stock? It's Well, so the, the, the question you got to ask is whether you want to pay the valuation. But, I mean, it is uh, the most tightly tied company to the infrastructure side of AI, and that's where all the... Uh, benefits are accruing right now. So all of their GPUs, they now have a version of their GPU that you would have bought for your video game rig. They've got a version that doesn't have video outs and it's made for the data center. And those GPUs are being used to run all of the AI training uh, that's being done. All of the companies that are rushing to get in and figure out how this is affecting their business and building their large language models. They're desperate to get a hold of these um, chips that NVIDIA uh, is building, is building, and NVIDIA is the only game in town, and then they also have a programming architecture called CUDA, which is being used for all of these LLMs, and so the two are tied together, kind of like if you remember at the beginning of the App Store with Apple, where everybody was building all the apps, and you couldn't move them to BlackBerry, you couldn't move them to Android easily, and the game in town was all the App Store. It's very similar right now around AI. NVIDIA has a, uh, a really good step ahead of the market. And this is what they've been preparing for for a long time. Um, comments on from their CEO, Jensen Wong, he's suggesting that the entire data center fabric is going to move towards an architecture that he calls accelerated computing. And that's where you have a CPU and a GPU. And uh, if that's the case, then that's an enormous amount of opportunity for NVIDIA. Because right now, um, just using NVIDIA's numbers, they'd said there's about a trillion dollars worth of gear out there and about $250 billion spent every year. They just reported a quarter with $13 billion, which, by the way, is about the same as Intel right now. And so I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, NVIDIA has a long way to go yet. Um, because there's a lot of gear that's sold into the data center. There's a lot of gear which may recycle more towards their architecture. There's a lot of AI that's going to be in uh, infrastructure that's going to need it for going to be needed for all these large language models and all the new applications that are going to get built. And so there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, it's just a question of whether you want to pay the valuation. Which is uh, can you help me? What, what about a, um, Arista Networks? Uh, what can you share to, say, to tell me about that company? So Arista is um, kind of like Cisco or Juniper. They make um, you know the networking gear that goes into data centers. They they do a lot of very specifically designed gear for you know very high um, bandwidth, low latency applications. Some of I think they did a lot in the um, high frequency trading. 
things like that. Areas that might have been too small for Cisco, um, they focus and they build um, networking gear that's very highly focused on these niche areas, and they're they seem to be very well positioned for AI. Um, let's let's lastly take it back home. Um, my team just went to a presentation by by CGI. Very very impressed with just the stability uh, of that Canadian uh, tech consulting yeah. darling. That's the name we do cover. I, I do own the stock across my book, and it's 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 in a trading range, trying to break out. Very similar mm-hmm. to what what Constellation Software is doing. Uh, please g- g- give us a couple of minutes on on those two Canadian tech uh, leaders. Sure, I'm all CGI. Great company, one of Canada's uh, tech heavyweights. Um, the interesting thing about CGI is that a big chunk of its business is these very long contracts with large enterprise, with the banks, with you know large companies like Bell, uh, the U.S. government, federal government, state governments, and so they have these long, long duration contracts which de-risk their business when you get into a tougher market. And when it's a really, really high growth market, which we've seen just a few years ago, those are tougher to grow, but they're very stable. And so CGI is a business which has a very, very um, low level of risk. Uh, The question is similar to NVIDIA. It's a question of valuation. Valuation is at the higher end of the range. Uh, But CGI has a defensive premium right now because people are a little bit worried about the economy and where IT spend might go over the next couple of years. CGI does have some angle into AI, and they announced that they're going to spend a billion dollars building that part of their business out, and so that'll be a piece that they participate in as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're like a middle growth, you know, growth at a reasonable price type of a name. Very well run, very strong financial model, generates cash flow. They don't do a dividend, but uh, it's a company that certainly could issue a dividend. And so that's an area that investors have been, you know, hopeful for for a long time. But it's just a really well run company with, you know, good exposure to growth, but these large contracts that de-risk any of the downside. Yeah. Uh, Rob Young, uh, tech guru uh, with uh, Canaccord, uh, spending some time with us this Saturday night, uh, talking, of course, about the world of technology. Uh, embrace it, my good friends. Uh, she's not going anywhere, but she will get bigger. Um, Rob, you have yourself a great weekend. Thank you for your time. Uh, we're we're going to pivot over to America. Uh, Susan Anderson, uh, she's another analyst with Canaccord. We're going to be talking about consumer and retail, a little health, wellness, and lifestyle chat right here on Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein. Driving the, I guess, what are we driving? We're going to drive a Ferrari today. That's right. Actually, we just sold our Ferrari stock. Nice trade. Uh, I was on the Autobahn. Okay, we're driving the Autobahn. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Oh boy, went back to Napoli Because he missed the scenery The native dancers and the charming songs But wait a minute Something's wrong hey, hey. Now it's a mambo Mambo 
I love it. Big smile on my face. Yeah, I first discovered that track in uh, Terramina, uh, in, uh, Sicily. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, White Lotus, uh, you know the show? I stayed in the hotel, Lucky Me, eh? And yes, right as soon as I walked in, that's, that was a track they were playing. I said, oh my God, this song is so cool. Yep, travel, 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 my good friends, and travel well and travel often. Uh, boy, do you learn a lot when you travel. And spent time with my daughter, a couple of weeks in various hotel rooms, and I, well, I had to wait for her umpteen times getting ready. Uh, no different than what's going to happen next week when she has to get ready for school. Pull out the Elf Beauty and the, uh, oh God, I, I don't know where to begin, where to end. Uh, Susan Anderson, uh, one of our analysts, uh, consumer and retail, uh, spending some time with us. Uh, she's been uh, with Canaccord since 2022, about 18 years of experience uh, covering consumers' names. Uh, prior research positions held at Deutsche Bank and City. Uh, in-depth quantitative and fundamental company research backed up by qualitative analysis. That type of stuff, and as I mentioned, I was observing my daughter. That's the qualitative stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, what's she doing? It's funny, um, Peter Lynch, one up on Wall Street. Uh, every year he comes to the Canaccord Boston Growth Conference. Uh, and he became famous uh, by paying attention to what his children consumed. And uh, he would dig into some of their consumption patterns. And if it looked like it made some sense, he'd buy them. And he was talking about getting five baggers and 10 baggers on the trades. Not that easy, but you know, it's a starting point. Uh, consumer, uh, consumer behavior, uh, Susan. Um, how much of it can you pick up qualitatively uh, in terms of trends and patterns? Yeah, actually a lot. Um, we love to be in the stores and just check out what people are buying, what's selling, what's not selling, talk to associates in the stores. So I think a good you know, chunk of it comes from really quanti- qualitative observances. And really then we kind of go back and crunch the numbers after that and see where things sit, right? Because just because something's going down or bad doesn't necessarily mean the stock's going to move that direction. But you know, a lot of our work is definitely done on um, the qualitative aspect versus quantitative. Yeah, no, I, I pay attention to my teenagers uh, to see what they are consuming. Uh, for, you know, and, and they certainly do consume a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, uh, makeup being one thing, uh, they, you know, uh, my boys are drinking a little bit of beer uh, in uh, Germany. And uh, actually, a little bit in Ireland as well. We went to the Guinness factory uh, owned by Diageo. Uh, have you ever been to that, Susan? I have not been to that, but I heard it's amazing. It really, it really, really is amazing. It, it truly is, and they've they've taken that brand and just nurtured the uh, the daylights out of it. Uh, and Diageo, I think, has done yeah. a very, very good job with it. But uh, when you create something good uh, and it has legs uh, and it becomes part of culture and history, uh, it just it takes on a whole life of itself. Um, and I, I find that very interesting. Uh, Elf Beauty was a name that my daughter. Uh, you know, uh, pointed out to me uh, and just how the the stuff, you can't keep the stuff on the shelves. Uh, So let's talk about that stock. It's been a little volatile. I've been paying attention to it, uh, 115, 130, 115, 130 uh, on the the price action. Not breaking, it's holding its chart pattern quite nicely from a technical point of view. And my daughter has a chance to say, I told you so, Dad. Uh, So how how right was was Shivani uh, with her Elf Beauty call? Yeah, I mean, Elf has been amazing. It's been, you know, the best performer really in our coverage universe. So, and I think within the beauty category itself too. 
Um, but they've just done such an amazing job, you know, and I think COVID really kind of kicked it off for them as they, you know, they were born a DTC company, right? So they were really first to be on Instagram, you know, using social media to kind of capture that younger consumer, specifically the Gen Z. So, um, you know, I think that's where they really got going. And then they just have these amazing products at such a great price. You know, they take prestige brands and see how they can make those cheaper and sell them to um, consumers cheaper so everyone can have access to it. And they usually focus on, you know, big categories such as um, their hollow glow where they can use a franchise and then kind of build around that. So they have a lot of room left to grow. And then they just, you know, announced recently that they're buying Naturium in the skincare category, um, which we think was a really good acquisition and it's going to have a lot of legs for them and give them expertise in that skincare category, which they had been rolling out with the elf brand. And I think that's going to really kind of jumpstart that brand too, which is a little bit, it's lower price than Naturium. So we don't really think there's a lot of competition between the two there. Uh, Susan Anderson, uh, analyst uh, with Canaccord. Uh, she covers a uh, consumer and retail. We're talking a little uh, health and wellness and lifestyle and beauty and Eh, a little vanity too, but hey, why not? Yeah, Susan, you know what's fascinating? Um, fell in my office, uh, well, in our Vancouver office, uh, came into Toronto one day, and all of a sudden I, I did a double take on the guy. I said, whoa, you got hair. How did that happen? I said, I went to Turkey. Three grand, got me hair. <laughs> what's going on in Turkey with, with you know the world of cosmetic surgery? Uh, why is Turkey become such a go-to place. I, I thought California had that cornered. Well, that's good. I hope they give everyone hair so they can come back and use all <laughs> hair products here, such as Olaplex. Hey, but have you not seen the, seen the social media, like the jokes on uh, jokes at the border? Uh, you know, the before and after with the passport. The, the person's bald. Now he shows up at the passport office or at the customs office. He's got a full head of hair. And he's, don't tell me. Tur- yeah. Turkey. Yes, Turkey. Let him through. Next. Or, or the picture of the back of the plane. Uh, someone sits at the back of the plane, all the bald yeah. heads. And then you're coming back, back of the plane, all full heads of hair. Oh, there's some classic. Classic ones. It's funny stuff, Susan. I got to admit. Oh, God. Look, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. Get back with Susan Anderson. uh, Find out what uh, you're buying and uh, see if we can't make some money around it. Uh, Susan Anderson, uh, consumer and retail analyst. uh, What what state are you in, Susan? You California? I'm in the D.C. area. Uh, Washington, D.C. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, All right. Well, uh, hang tight. uh, Run some commercials. Get right back to you, Susan. Okay. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Everything you've got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away All those nights when you've got no lights The check is in the mail And your little angel Hung the cat up by its tail And your third fiancé didn't show Welcome back 
little uh, far-sight chat uh, with my friend Susan Anderson. Um, she's in the D.C. area. Uh, the Can Accord each and every year has a fantastic uh, growth conference, which I unfortunately missed this year. Uh, it wasn't that unfortunate. I was traveling in Europe, so I'd rather be there than Boston. But uh, when, I, when I'm privileged enough to get down to the Boston conference that Can Accord puts on every year, uh, it's absolutely remarkable because I get to sit in a small room uh, in front of uh, hundreds of amazing uh, companies with a whole lot of newness about them. Uh, Susan, which of your uh, covered companies uh, were at uh, our growth conference in Boston? And a couple of weeks ago, and uh, what were the standouts in your in your mind that you can share with the audience? Yeah, so we had quite a few there, including Elf, which I would say was definitely a standout. And they you free know, samples. They're just hitting. Did you get Elf samples? Because you did my daughter. No, my good. Da- no, like, thank God. If you did, and I didn't get them, my daughter wouldn't mad at me. Sorry, sorry. I just, sorry, yeah. I just, I just, I just yeah. had to find out. It was burning on my tongue there, so I not to worry about responding back yeah. to my daughter. There's no samples, so it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so. Helena Troy was there. They always bring a suitcase load. Who, who was? Sorry, who? Trinkets. Helena Troy. So they own a bunch of brands like Dry Bar and Osprey and Hydro Flask. So they don't actually give out all of this stuff, but that you, at least you can look and feel in touch. Hey, so who does Loxitan? My wife loves Loxitan, and in some of the hotels in Europe, they get the samples. We we just raid the little cart when it comes down the hall, and she's not looking. Yeah. Go to the cart and just raid it. Loxitan. Who, yeah, who does? Who's, who's that? Sorry? I'm not sure who that is, but lots of times um, it's, yeah, separate companies that sell the hotels too. Yeah. Yeah, but when you get the brand stuff, the locks at 10, ooh, you got something going there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they say no liquids and gels on the, on the airplane. That's a whole other challenge. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So you can only bring so much back. But yeah, no, so we had a great turnout. And um, Ed, we had Edgewell there, which owns the new Billy brand. I don't know if you heard of that. It's like the shave brand. It's like the hot trending shave brand taking share from everyone. For men? Is it going to put Axe out of business? Because I hated that stuff in the in the change room at uh, the hockey arenas when my boys were playing. Oh, God. Remember that brand, Axe? <laughs> oh, so bad. It was so that. bad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, they probably I'll, I'll take Old Spice any day over the, over the old Axe. Yeah. Yeah. Perigo. So we had Perigo there too, who does like private label. Um, they sell a bunch of other stuff hmm. too, so, um, in Europe and everything. So they were interesting. That's kind of like a turnaround restructuring type story, which um, I think is pretty interesting. They just had a new CEO come on board. Um, and then we had PBH, which is, you know, kind of just an OTC company that sells um, OTC products you know, at drugstores and stuff. Um, so pretty simple business, but they've been benefiting as, you know, everyone's getting sick again as we get back out. So that's been helpful to them. Yeah, there's more masks. I'm seeing more masks for sure. Uh, and uh, I hope it uh, it doesn't stick, obviously. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the world's just getting back to normal. Uh, I can really feel it. And I like normal, as I'm sure we all do. Uh, but, uh, well, we got to take care uh, once again. You know what consumer sector has just blown my mind, uh, Susan? Uh, and, again, in traveling through Europe, if you get into larger cities, uh, I like to go through Designer Alley. Every single city has a Designer Alley where the high-end brand stores all congregate. Here in Toronto, it's up in Yorkville. Uh, go along Fleur Street, that's where they are. And uh, Munich has a, has a strip. Uh, Florence has a strip. London, of course, even Dublin. Uh, and it, it's amazing to see 
what goes on there, Susan, because it's this whole psychology. I, I know this from back in the day. Okay, back in the day when I used to work in in, in, in music radio and I worked with a lot of nightclubs, uh, what the nightclub would do is try to they'd create a, a action around the club. The way you create action is you have a lineup outside. When you get inside the club, wait a minute, why did I wait in line? There was no one inside anyways. They could have let me in, but no, they want action. Because, you know, well, uh, attention draws more attention and uh, people in motion come in contact with people in motion. We're, we're just a social being. But these high-end stores, uh, they're, they're, they're again, they're, 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 they're big places. Lots of retail space. You know, walk into a Walmart, lots of space, not overly uh, merchandise. And yet they keep the, yep. the, 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 the customers standing outside. Um and it's Alan, and then they go into these stores. And they spend twenty five and fifty thousand dollars on things called bags, yep. bags. Yep. And they can't get enough of them. Um, and again, in Europe, what we saw were a lot of people coming from, uh, you know, the Arab nations, uh, where it's forty five degrees, and they were cooling off in thirty degrees, and they came with a lot of money. And the limos would pull um, ladies up four, five, six together, and then they'd be standing on the sidewalk waiting for 20 minutes to get into a Chanel store uh, or a yeah. Hermes store. Uh, it's just incredible. Yeah. It, it, there, there, there's know, a category that consumer has so much money. And to capitalize on beauty, too. Luxury beauty is on a roll right now. Who's the brand, who, who, who are the brands you want to pay attention to on that? With their own beauty. So instead of spending 5000 on a bag, you can maybe only spend 1000 on a face cream or something. So that's a discount. And so, yeah, and who's the brand uh, The brand leader there? Well, so Estee Lauder owns La Mer, which has been doing really well. Um, Dior has a bunch of products. Ulta has been taking in more products into their stores. So it's been, you know, a really hot trend. I think more and more luxury players are really trying to get into it, really beyond fragrance. You know, fragrance was always pretty big with luxury, but now they're trying to go further into beauty. Incredible. Yeah. I just sold the Ferrari stock. There's a stock that I mentioned to get a nice pass on. Uh, but at some point, you know, uh, book it, Dan, or, uh, grab the loot and scoot. You don't want a car crash. And uh, remarkable, uh, Ferrari. You, you want a Ferrari, my friend? Again, get in line. It's at least a one-year wait. You think you can you can dicker on the sticker? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, again, four wheels on that bad boy. Um, I don't know, $600,000. Uh, they just can't keep up. Well, or maybe they can uh, creating supply and demand imbalances. Uh, it's all part of the prestige and the luxurious, the exclusivity to it all. Yep, consumer behavior. I remember taking courses of that in university, and uh, well, I certainly did learn a lot, uh, and it's, it's fascinating to, to, to observe. Uh, indeed, it is. Uh, Susan, I think what we all need uh, is, is some, some more good weather, and then those that European-style uh, pedestrian zone with a piazza, uh, perhaps, and the cafes with the windows open, maybe a little music playing, and all the seats pointed towards the street so you can observe the pedestrians. That yes. is fun. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know, yes. You want to take a trip now, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do want to take a trip over there. <laughs> Susan, I can't thank you enough for your time. I, I really can't. Uh, you've been generous with your time. Uh, fascinating space, uh, and I appreciate uh, dovetailing uh, my, you know, my, your, your expertise along with my daughter's expertise. Uh, me? Well, I'm a guy. <laughs> we, do consu- we do consumerism yeah. just a little differently, actually as little as possible, but we do spend nonetheless. Uh, have a great weekend, uh, Susan. Friends? Great, thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday right here on 640. Any questions for my partner, Jack, who is enjoying his family time much needed? Um, yep, indeed he is, and he's a good fellow. He'll, of course, be back with us next week. I want to wish you all a great weekend. Uh, it is Labor Day. Uh, you deserve the break, and uh, enjoy it. Uh, spend some time with your family. And uh, please, if uh, friends of yours are in need of some love, share it. Uh, makes the world a better place. I am Wolfgang Klein. I want to thank you once again. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.